going on, everybody? Welcome back to Fourth Fifth Podcast, episode forty-one. And uh, I have a little correction to make on our quarantine episode. I caught myself after I posted it. This is this is quarantine episode ten. I thought last episode was episode ten. It was actually episode nine in quarantine. But who the fuck's counting anymore? It's March day oh ninety-six in March. Who you know? Who who's keeping track anymore? Um, I, the next podcast is 11 and I get the over. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, shout out to my, to my, uh, to my uh, colleagues on the, on, on the line here. Uh, Big John stud, JLo and uh, wild bill for, for so, correcting me on that. So what are we talking about tonight, guys? It's a, a rainy, dreary quarantine day. Everyone had to work. Oh. Thankfully. Quarantine. I'm, I'll be tired of hearing that word. Quarantine. Quarantine. You know what? I'm starting to hear it in like movies, like oh. that I'm watching, and like, you know, now it's like, like I never would have picked up on it, you know, any other time. But now, since we're like actually living a quarantine, I think I heard it in like I was watching the first, no, the second Jurassic Park the other day. They were doing like a Jurassic Park marathon. And uh, what's his name? Who's the guy in um, Jurassic Park? The, the guy with the curly hair. What's his name? Drawing a blank. Come on. Not oh, yeah. Jurassic Park guy. What? Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. He's talking to the old <laughs> man about going back to the island and stuff. And, and then he mentioned, oh, well, you... You spent you spent time you, you did the quarantine and everything right and I was like oh, quarantine shit there's that word it's that and social distancing I think I'm so tired of hearing about and challenging times in these challenging times challenging times and, you know and I get it and you know it's like I felt so bad the other day because I'm sitting there watching TV and you know every other commercial now is a is a coronavirus you know, challenging these challenging times, these deep heartfelt commercials. And it's just like, I felt terrible thinking in my, to myself, like, man, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing about this shit. Like I wanted just to kind of like simmer down and, you know, some, some normal life could be lifted, you know, and uh, so we can all start like feeling normal again a little bit, you know, I mean, opening parks and, and and uh golf course and stuff like that that that's cool because that kind of gives a little bit of relief for people like really struggling with like mental health and stuff but you know it's 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 not like all of us getting together in the basement and doing a podcast you know what i mean like that's when that's when we're going to start feeling you know a sense of normalcy again i'm not showing up to bill's house unless it's completely uh fumigated by professional i'm not showing up until there's an oven (laughs) Uh, an operating oven. Um, I'm showing it up. While, it could a, be a while. A frozen pizza, and Matt, I need an I oven think, to cook it. Matt, I, I think there might be a, a, a vaccine before Bill has a working oven. <laughs> Fuck you guys. We're doing Zoom <laughs> podcast for the rest of our lives. Me and fucking Hank are controlling the soundboard. Y'all's done. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, is, has anyone checked in on Hank? I mean, yeah, I have. Throw, so, you guys, thanks for Are you throwing chicken nuggets down there for him every now and again? Man's gotta eat, Bill. You gotta go fuck yourselves. Man's gotta eat. 
Between Bill and Khaleesi, Hank ain't getting no nugs. Yeah, right. Yeah, nothing. He ain't throwing down nothing. So listen, on the sports angle of all this, I mean, it, it kind of sounds promising coming up here. We look. It looks like baseball is going to be starting in early June. It looks like we're going to get a UFC fight this weekend. Korean baseball, the Korean baseball league is already UFC. Um, and even even golf, there's uh, rumors of, uh, of of golf starting. So we'll get some some sports happening. Is, is, is the UFC fight going to take place on an island, like they were saying, or? That's a great question. Um, I believe it is. Remember all that island talk? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty it sure. Is. I'm sorry. No, it's actually a Chesapeake Energy Arena. Okay. Which is in, where is that? Oklahoma City. All right. Um, well, that's, Oklahoma's pretty low on the, uh, the case list, aren't they? They are, but other parts of the Midwest are getting like the shit stomped out of them. Yeah, they're starting to. It's starting to catch up. Well, like all the meat. That's why they're saying that there's like meat shortages because I think they said like forty or fifty percent of all the meat packing plants have had to be shut down mm. to the point where like they've got too many animals now, and they've had to yeah. like euthanize animals. Wow. Wait. So I'll back up. I'm actually incorrect. It looks like the event scheduled for May 9th will be at the Vi Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, and will be sanctioned by the Florida State Boxing Commission. John, what I, you're, you're okay. It's okay to be wrong on this podcast. You just apologize for it. And on the next podcast, oh, the next okay. <laughs> just just let it go. Just let it fly out of your mouth. It's I fine. don't want forfeit to be labeled for fake news. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. It's but today, right. but today there was videos of um, uh, the, a couple of the main eventers getting their uh, coronavirus test. Um, so it looks like that's like one of the first sort of um, mainstream sports that is, you know, using testing to to create a safe environment for the athlete. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. Like, well, well, I know that I know that the the NBA is trying to figure it out, and I know that. Um, the commissioner, you know, Adam Silva openly came out and said, look, like, you know, I don't want to take any tests away from the public, you know, for, you know, the sake of trying to test all the players and my staff to get a season in. You know, it, it, those tests should be uh, used for, for the public, for the health system first. And my hat goes off to him for that. You know, as much as we miss sports and everything like that, we need to we need to keep everything in perspective and and the the health and well being of the general public um, is should come first. I, I I do really like the idea that the NBA was throwing around about doing everything Disney in thing in Disney. I thought that would be fun. That'd be kind of cool. It's actually an interesting idea, and you know, is probably the the best idea that they've that they've come up with yet that I've heard because you think about it, a place like Disney world is designed for people. It's a destination, right? So you can go there and you don't have to leave and everything is everything that you need is there. Mm -hmm. So how many, how many courts did they have 
like I don't know. Ready. Was it just one or was it a, a couple of them? Because I would imagine you were you're gonna need more than just one court. Isn't there the ESPN zone down there too? Yeah, I mean they have regulation basketball courts within Disney World, but it's just the question is how many? Because you think about it, on any given night you can have, you know, six, eight, ten NBA games going on at once. So in order to get the season in. So So they said it says here for the past two years, um, the NBA G League showcase was held in MGM's Mandalay Bay, and they set up five courts in their convention center, two for games and three for practices. Um, so I'm assuming that the Disney World has something like that, a huge convention center or something where they can put full-size basketball courts and you know, sort of turn it into like those college – those big indoor college uh, venues that you've seen where there's like a track and 10 basketball courts. Um, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting how they televise something like that too. Well, that was the big thing with it. They said it's already set up for the, the video capability of a feed for, for filming, whichever, whatever that means. I you know, I, I, I guess you know, Disney's like, you know, almost military like in that in that aspect. So yeah, be nice to see. I I, we, I know we talked earlier about you know how how they would set up games and with the scheduling. Like I think they got to play what thirty more games. There's less than that. I mean, yeah, I don't know the exact number. Oh, thirty more games before playoffs, right? Yeah. So I I, I feel like you have to sort of play the games and then and then sort of get into playoffs because. You know, you can't just like, you know, just start the season now. Nah. Is right now. I don't think that's fair. And you're going to run out of time. I mean, as as more time goes off, you know, goes by, you know, it's you're gonna you're gonna run into a big problem trying to get, you know, all thirty some games in, and mm-hmm. you know, what is it? All you know, they don't do five game five game series anymore, right? But they might have to. They yeah, might have to kick it down to five games. That's you know? a good idea to kind of really shorten it up. So yeah. first the twenty. <laughs> if they do it at Disney, they could do it just like I said. They could do it just at the Wild World of Sports at ESPN. Okay. So they have the main stadium has um, the HP Fieldhouse, which has HD broadcast. So they could do the marquee games there. And then they have the HP Fieldhouse that can fit six full that has six full size basketball courts in it. Wow. So. Wow. Well, I mean, you think about it; they can get twelve games a day in if they really wanted to. Six East Coast time, six West Coast time, if they really wanted to. Or what if they split the? They split it. They did like Vegas and Florida, and they split like the East and the West. Yeah, but like like I said, what other turnkey place is there? There's like Disney and then Vegas, and that's really yeah, that's really it. What if the Sixers somehow won a championship under these weird circumstances? Would you would, would we feel would we feel would we feel good about that? I wouldn't hear a peep 
out of the three of you. Or would we be or would we be like, congratulations, you won a tournament? You know what I mean? There is a zero point zero zero percent probability the Sixers could ever do that because they are a bunch of suckholes. They but have also all three. You'd be like, I knew Ben had it in him. I knew it. I loved him. I love you guys. This takes us into I, our next. Seg- this Texas takes us into our next segment. But especially Mac. I think if I think if what if the Sixers went into the playoffs wearing. The Adidas Kobe twos in tribute, in tribute oh. of Kobe, and they oh. all broke their ankles game one because that shoe was that bad. Or it was the opposite; it gave them such great support, and it just unified the the team to where they they found a re a renewed sense of camaraderie. And they started playing out of their minds. You gotta hope too that these guys are like. It's gotta be the shoes, right? They gotta be staying in shape, right? I mean, like some of these guys don't have home gyms, you know. Some of them do. Some of them don't have basketball courts. Some of them do. Like you heard reports this week that the Sixers were letting Ben and Joe. Ben and Joe in the in the practice facility. So that I mean, that's that's kind of an interesting. Thing there, I mean, were they allowed to? I don't, I don't necessarily know, I and mean, I guess those, it doesn't really matter if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting. You know, there's going to be a, a select few guys, not a select few, probably 20, 30 percent of the NBA is probably going to show up out of shape, and it, it's going to be an issue. Wait, wait, that just sounds like the everyday NBA. There's about 30 percent of the guys that are just out of shape as it is. Or not in the right type of shape. I mean, you if you think about your bottom, your bench guys, like, again, like, I, I would question if a guy like um, T. Steibel has a basketball net. You know what I mean? Like, a gym, you could do push-ups, you could do cardio, you could do stuff in your home to sort of to sort of boost your, your, your um, athletic ability and, and, and get stronger and you know, get your heart rate up, but like when it comes down to it, it's putting up shots. And well, there's nothing like basketball shape, right? Yeah, yeah, but I you mean, can go to a park with a ball. Like they weren't closing basketball courts. They actually the were. The only way you get into true basketball shape is if you play basketball. Yeah, at full speed for a decent amount of time. They'll get in shape because they said they'll do two weeks of training camp before a season started. So in two weeks, you can get your legs back. These guys are in their twenties. Yeah, the majority. Two weeks. I mean, they're not going to be perfect, but, but that's another. There's another. There's another good point, Bill. Like, there's two more weeks that you have to burn just to get this season in. The realistic timeline, you we they'd have to be, I think, in practice facilities by like around June one, the latest, to practice and like start the season by June fifteenth to make this happen. I think realistically, if you start by June fifteenth. You can play every other day, basically. Get 30 games in, be done by August 20, August 15th, August 20th, and playoffs go until probably November. But then you got to push back the next season. No, so then it gets to be the worth back back. the next season. What? It's not ready for back to backs. They'll play back to backs every other day. No, not back to backs every other day. You have to play basically. I know, but the, in the NBA right now, they don't play every other day. No, they don't. But you so, know, so think about that. You you've been sitting home for. 
it, you know, we're going to assume two, two and a half, three months, right? And then, like, unless you've been outside running or, you know, doing something, they're going to be like, okay, we're going to start maybe with a, a week or two of practice, and then you're right into that? I you're going to see a lot in the sense that they're in the middle of the season. Like, they're not just going to start eating ding-dongs and Twinkies and, lucky, you know, Lucky Charms all day. I mean, part of them, some of them are because they're young kids or whatever, but I yeah, got a that- feeling that they're – these teams are in constant contact. These guys are getting paid millions of dollars. I don't think I think we underestimate how much these guys are being contacted consistently by the teams. There's a lot of coaches and people on in, in, in our organization, and when they're paying these guys a couple of mil, obviously up to the range of thirty, there's contact going on. They, like these guys know what they're fucking eating for breakfast. Like again, are they you know? Most of them probably, have like have like chefs and stuff. The, those chefs aren't there. Like no, they don't. You know. So, but, so is Joel Embiid hanging out at the Shake Shack, picking up his burgers and milkshakes? They're doing DoorDash, probably. I'll yeah. tell you what, you're going to see, regardless, you're going to see a lot of soft tissue injuries just oh. because of just to what you're saying, John. It's like you go from the middle of the season, full tilt, to a streaking halt, and you're not training under the proper conditions that your body's usually normal to, used to. And then you're gonna be, you're gonna be telling your body you're gonna rush your body back pretty much to into full game shape. Not even for full game shape for regular season, but you're gonna be, you're gonna be, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's gonna be playoff basketball, which is yet another level of competition. These guys, you know, kick it up a notch. So you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of pulled hamstrings. You know, um, a a lot of like these little nagging soft tissue things, you know, pop up Um, and just it's going to be I don't know. It's going to be probably challenging for these guys, which should it be? I don't know. Like that's I guess that's what we're trying to get at is like these guys are getting paid millions of dollars. They've got chefs half the time. They've got their own private gyms. You know, they've got nothing but time on their hands to do home workouts. I mean, this is what they do for a living. This is what they're paid to do. So, you know, all of us had to make adjustments doing what we did for a living in order to keep performing at our jobs. So I don't see any different as to why these guys get a pass. I mean, figure it out. It's 2020. You know what I mean? Matt Shetter, owner of your new expansion team. Oh, my God. You're all fucking fired. My first new hire is general manager Jesse Lorenz. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> these guys would be doing cardio to their legs fall off. <laughs> I will PT you till you fucking die. You puke. Yeah, I will. Uh, yep. These guys would be toast. They'd be eating like lima beans and like London broil. It, Jesse would be like manager from Major League when uh, Roger Dorn comes over and talks about how like he doesn't want to take a ball to the face and he shows his contract or whatever and and fucking he, <laughs> Jesse would throw it on the ground and piss on it just like just like the manager. I don't want to hear any of that Olay bullshit. <laughs> well, you may you may run like me, but you hit like shit. <laughs> oh, so good. But it seems like the NFL is um, holding out high hopes for, you know, their season starting relatively on time. I think 
you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier before we hit record is how do you handle the crowds? When do you, when do you allow crowds? And then, you know, who, who is allowed in? Do they do a lottery amongst season ticket holders in order to, you know, put some butts in the seats, but then, you know, these fans have to use bathrooms and public facilities and how is that controlled? And, you yeah. know, it, just, it sounds like a it sounds like a nightmare. Logistical. It's a logistical nightmare. Like just unfortunately, like I, I I mean I guess the revenue is 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 the issue, but man, why not just play games without people? Like, what's the big deal? We can all watch it on TV, um, like many of us already do. What what's what's it hurting for one season? Yeah. Hope one season at least. There's a lot of aspects of it. Me personally, I enjoy watching it from television more than being there anyway sure so yeah i don't think it's the money as much the fit having fans there i mean yes i mean that is revenue they're going to spend money i think it's more or less the aesthetic of the look i think it's to get the players a little hyped up still because it's like anything else when just you know butts in the seats you know it's just a, it's it's a sporting event that you know they want to present the best product they can you know, obviously they're gonna follow whatever guidelines and shit. But I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's just gonna be, you know, I think it could be like they said, like people are saying now that it could be different for every team. It might not be one uniform situation, and uh, you know that's what the teams are gonna have to accept. That they even talked about maybe some teams not having home games in some weeks, or if at all, if they have, if they're in bad areas, having to play somewhere else. So you know, I mean, it, you know who it sucks for. Teams like the the L.A. Rams with, you know, just dumping uh, $4.9 billion in this new con- uh, newly constructed stadium that no one's going to be able to go in. <laughs> yeah, what about the, the Vegas one, too? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't feel as bad for the Rams with uh, Stan Granke. Granke is the owner. He's like, I think, I think, I think he might be the wealthiest owner in the league. He owns, like, Half of Los Angeles and numerous other real estate areas. I mean, he's one of the wealthiest men in the world, so he can afford a few shitty months. But well, it's the Rams and the Chargers, right? They're sharing. Yeah, yeah. yeah he also owns Arsenal. Yes, this, right, go fuck go fuck yourself. The Gunners, get out of here. You gun job. This get out screen, of here. this this uh this this high definition screen that they have. In these uh, renderings, that's going to be the little stadium. guy they had, Jesse. Looks uh, off the hook. The little guy they had for a couple of years, he was really good. He was French. to see. Um, what, Thierry Henry? Nah, he was. He played on the French national team. He was on Arsenal. He was really good. Crisola, no, it was something. He, he was, I think he played midfield for them. He just really followed the shit out of me. He's one of the reasons why I dislike Arsenal. God, what the fuck was his name? I'll think of it randomly. It'll come to me randomly. One of those things. I'll have to Google it on the interwebs. Are you bugging? I mean, we should have. I mean, so are we now into our Premier League segment? Soccer, soccer, soccer. I'm ready to go. Go ahead. I got to take a shit. I'll be right back. <laughs> Give me a <laughs> Ever heard of a ritual killing? <laughs> <laughs> You know, on a crazy guy like that in public, you're going to be one. <laughs> Sorry, Paramount Pictures, for quoting that copyright infringement. 
Did, didn't John Hughes pass away a while ago? Uh, yeah, like ten a while years. ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, he 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 was younger too. But uh, yeah, no, R.I.P. He was a legend. He was a legend. We lost another legend this week too. The almighty Don Shula passed away. Donnie Shula's great, greatest football coaches of all time, and the only head coach to date to ever uh, coach a perfect season. Which uh, brings the brings up the question, fellas: Will we ever see another perfect season in our lifetime? We almost saw one. That was the closest you probably ever get to it. Yeah, I mean, especially now where you there's only one buy in each conference. Like teams are gonna be, and there's more playoff teams. You're gonna have teams just cutting each other's throats, trying to get that buy, trying to get that last playoff spot that that used to not be there. It's going to be even more competitive than it ever was, and I mean, just the fact that these these guys, these athletes, are just bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if it ever happens. Never say never. That's all I'm going to say. I think it, I think it could happen. Never say never. Because we're I'm gonna I'm gonna live dog till like I'm like 126. So that's like another like. 86, seven years. So I'm just playing the odds here. I, I got it if I put the money down on this. Get paid at some point. Well, what the hell? How long has it been on now? 30 some years? Yeah. Uh, no, longer than that. 50 years. Probably. Yeah. We're 2020. I keep forgetting. It's been 50 years already. So I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I'll take that bet. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I, I actually feel better now because I feel like within the next fifty years it will. Because I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't think it's gonna go hundred years. I think there'll be one year when the probability is gonna have to kick in. That'll be like, now again, will it be a strike shortened season where a team goes twelve and zero? I don't know. That'll qualify. I would argue with my vote. Nah, that doesn't. That doesn't count. You gotta go. You gotta go full season. I know they're adding an extra game and everything, but no, nah, you can't. <laughs> The short season doesn't count in my book. Great. <laughs> Great. 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 <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think uh, you know he was he was a little before our time when he did most of his damage. I mean, we saw him a little bit in the '80s when we were watching football. I know, but. Uh, he did the, he he did the bulk of his damage, but uh, I do remember I do remember them always having to getting together in champagne after the last after the last team goes down, like yeah. Larry Zonka and all those guys getting together and uh, Bob Greasy and shit and they all to- toast that bottle of champagne uh, as they should. So he, was good. Good. he was always good for cameo appearances too, you know. Yeah, no, was he an Asian? He was all. He was an Ace Ventura. He was an Ace Ventura. Like I remember, like seeing that for the first time, watching it with my dad, and my dad's just like rolling over laughing. He was like, "I can't believe Don Chul is in this movie." Like, <laughs> fucking great, Dan Dan Marino. I, I fucking isotoners. Isotoner gloves, baby. I bought those for my grandmother for Christmas for like seven years in a row. It was like always in the pair of isotoners. They never were, go bad. They, they were they were quality gloves. Growing up, 
hey, growing up in the 90s, isotoners were a, a premium item come Christmas time. Speaking of the friggin' 90s, these suits that Jordan's wearing in The Last Dance, I yeah. mean, Jesus, God, are they disgusting. And that, like, beret he always wears, it's like, Mike, I don't want to be like Mike with that <laughs> beret, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean... When they were in that, when they were in France for that McDonald's tournament, I mean that's one thing. You know what I mean? Like standing in front of the Eiffel yeah, Tower, yeah, playing it. Yeah, it went in Rome. So but it kind of, but he kind of, I think he kind of, he kind of took that and ran with it a little bit too far. <laughs> I, I mean, just because I, I remember he, was one of the ones to speak when he came into the arena at the Pacers and he took off his hat and he had his like practice gear underneath this his nice jacket. And I was like, All right, I, and that was Pimp. But, yeah, uh, I, I, I'd i say, like, early 90s Jordan, like, fashion was was good, you know? I mean, he, he was rocking some of the the more flashy patterns. And, and I feel like 80 Jordan was the dopest because he used to wear that, that, that choker gold necklace. Yeah, dope. no, I mean, yeah. 80s definitely because he, and he, used to and wear he was like wearing, spicy. like, the, the leather jacket and the... <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, he had like God, the snake, the God, choke God, chain God. and stuff. But I mean, early '90s wasn't bad either. But when you started getting into like the mid late '90s into the 2000s, yeah, you're like, Mike, what what's going on, buddy? You can just tell, like, you can see it on his face now in '93 uh, after all the gambling shit and everything. You can just see he's so done with basketball, like. After that, you know, during that, like, Suns, like, that playoff run, when he's in the hotel room, took him a cigar, and he's just like, I can't go outside. Like, I'm so fucking done with this. Like, I'm just yeah. done with this. You know? He's like, I'm confined to the this hotel room. And if I take one step outside of this hotel room, I'm literally going to be, like, swarmed. Could you, imagine, like, could you imagine, like, social media with him back in those days? Like, how... He would hate it because he's a private, yeah. like most people are, you're private. And it's like, and back then, you know, some guys played long, long time, but it wasn't uncommon for guys to only play like 10, 11 years. And I would have been, that was Jordan's 10th year in the league. So it was like, you know, it, it wasn't super, super crazy that he called it a day. You know, maybe there's some other stuff still, whatever with it, but uh, you can just see, like, you can just see to him that he doesn't have that same jump in the, I mean, on the court he does. Ironically enough, but you can just tell you're in the same pizzazz. He's just like, I'm done. I'm he done. was he was deflated. He just didn't have that. He didn't have that twinkle in his eye. You know what I mean? Like he was just kind of. He was kind of worn out. Think about it, dude. He's been in the playoffs every year since his like rookie year. So he's been all the games played, and then he had to play the Pistons back to back years in the conference finals and get the ship beat out, out of him. And he has to win back to back championships against the Lakers. And uh, the, the, the Blazers, and then to year three, deal with all the gambling bullshit all year. Um, just kind of you know deal with that. Deal with the Suns, the best team in the league by you know record wise. Denmark thing. I think that they were the best team. I think the Suns, and I'd like to get your take on this because I feel like that Suns team was probably the 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 only team that probably could have beat the Bulls in any of their finals appearances. Um, I would the say the only other team I think that could have done it was Utah. Utah came close too, but I think 
I think that Suns team, because I remember that Suns team that year, Barkley was playing like a man possessed that year. He was so good, and that team was humming. And they were big. They were physical. They could shoot. They had Marley, like, just like he was an assassin. I just thought that I, I, I really was like, I really thought that the Suns were going were gonna to get them. I mean, you know, they were, I mean, they were the favorite going in. They had home court. I think they were the deeper team. I think what the Bulls had, obviously, was finals experience. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he was one, still one of only three players in that series. He averaged over 40, 40 points a game. I yep. mean, he literally put the Bulls on his back. I mean, what was that game? After they lost game one in, in Chicago, he what had like 54 in game two or something. Or was it game three? But it was what? just like. Against, friend, against the Lakers? No, against the Suns. The Suns? He averaged 41 a game that series. Um, and I think he had, I thought he had a 50 point game one of the games. No, uh, I think they won. The Bulls won the first game. Because Charles said, he goes, the, he, Charles said, he goes, looking back, what I did was we lost that first game. And it reminded me of when Jordan said that it was the first time he made it to the finals. He let that first – they let that first game slip to the Lakers because it, they kind of got, like, hung up in the, in the allure of the finals because they were never there. Um, and Barkley always said if they had gotten that first game, if they were able to, like, not let that one slip, that they, they probably would have had a legitimate shot of knocking the Bulls off. But It was game now. Jordan had 55 in game four when they won. That's the game that – Barkley said that was the game of Chicago that Barkley said we played the best game of the season. Somehow Michael Jordan still beat us because he had 55 of their 10. <laughs> yeah, and then, and, then the back, then, and then game five, game five was the game where everyone had the signs hanging. When the yep. Suns drive into the stadium, all the Bulls fans had all the championship signs already hanging as if they had it won. And then that's when Barkley, they went in. And beat them to force a game six back in Phoenix, and that's when Barkley said in the post game uh, when he was asked, "You know, what are you going to say to? Do you have anything to say to the Chicago fans?" He said, "Put those fucking signs away." And then, uh, and uh, well, they forced game what- six, and that's when I was. I remember I was like, "Man, I was like, this this series is crazy." Like going back to Phoenix because I mean. That Phoenix team was so good. They were just so good. They just they were playing great that year. But hey, man, Mike Mike was Mike. Like like Larry Bird always said, you know, Michael Jordan was Jesus. That was God disguises Michael Jordan. Well, let's put it to you this way: that series, the point leader in every game. Jordan game one with 31. Jordan game two with 42. Jordan game three with 44. Jordan game four with 55. Jordan game five with 41. Jordan game yep. six with 33. And think that, about it. He did a lot of that. He was not known for taking taking any a lot of three-pointers either. I and mean, here's the other factor, too, that uh, um, Charles only led his team in scoring two or three of the six games. Like, which is, I mean, still a lot, like half the games, but Jordan just, superstars win, superstars win in the NBA, and yep. Jordan won every game, like, yep. basically, 
was was I'm the best player. You know, they didn't win. Obviously, they didn't sweep them. I mean, the, the Suns were clearly the best team, the better team. But when you have Jordan and then Pippen probably was a little was a notch below Barkley. Barkley was really, I mean, some people I've heard some people like Ryan Rosillo, um, love their podcast with him and uh, uh, Bill Simmons. Great, they, they're breaking this down. I recommend that to everybody. They're doing the breakdown of this as well as uh, like rewatchables. They're calling it like Bulls games from the nineties. Rosillo is a, is a huge Barkley guy, and he makes the argument that that he is like right a sea hair below Jordan as greatest player ever in his opinion for what he did. Cause, and, 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 but like, that's what my Jordan is so great. He overshadowed, you know, like the, maybe, maybe the golden era of the, of the NBA for superstardom. There were so many friggin' superstars in the NBA, Ewing, Malone, Stockton, you know, it, it just David Robinson was, and Jordan just dwarfed them all. It was just like, you know, it's just like, hold my beer. And and it was just so like, I think people who talk about how great LeBron is and like you know and, and you know and how he's to go don't really they don't really just remember watching that like, go back and watch Jordan games and they can say like he's just you, you couldn't guard him one on one it was literally impossible to guard him one on one and like whenever you did like like I think he said at the first game they tried they, they could try doing it Danny tried to guard him one on one and he scored like. 13 on him in like five minutes. It was like yeah. next. <laughs> like now that's like, a joke. That is a joke. Poor Danny Ainge. I mean, I don't wish that upon anyone. Just shit like that, you know, and it's just, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just like when you watch him, you forget how fucking fast he was. Like, I know we saw Iverson for years, so we got spoiled with quickness. Jordan was LeBron size, close to it, and and and, and Iverson fast almost. With quickness. And, 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 and you know, strength too how strong yeah. he was no I mean, not at first but he realized you know in order for me to truly win and be dominant in this league i'm gonna you know i'm gonna come across other teams like the pistons so i better bulk up i better put on on the necessary muscle that i need and and he was already mentally strong it was just he was physically getting thrown around you know no it's and uh, the other thing um, I liked about this is Phil Jackson's won at every place he's coached. Yeah, he won. He won two titles for the Knicks when he played there. He, he never had a losing season. CBA. Never had a losing season in his entire coaching career. He won a title in the CBA for that team he coached before he came to the Bulls. He coached in that like Guadalajara league yep. and won a championship in Puerto Rico. Yeah, like everywhere he goes, he just would like. He's, I don't care what anybody says, he's the greatest coach of all time. He's, a, he's the greatest coach of any sport of all time, is the Zen master. Yeah. He coached two of the best dynasties in the sport and took got 11 rings. He also had the best players for a long time. But he, he, but he got two guys that were oil and water and Kobe and Shaq to coexist. At least on the court when he needed them to to win championships, and he had, and he so. got Rod, and then he figured out how to how to how to weave Rodman into this the whole bull situation too. I totally agree, you know, and he knew how to like lean on Michael and just you know kind of push his. But like I love that Jordan story. I think it was episode two, might have been episode maybe episode two or three, but when they said Jordan got. Uh, um, 
mad that he would Phil wouldn't let him practice in the scrimmage and he like left. And yep. he started scrimmaging and then he came back and was like, I told I knew you guys were gonna play when I left. And he came oh no, that was um No, that was Doug Collins. No, I'll, oh I know what it was. It was John Sally talking on a on an interview about him. He was talking about how like um he when he could he could he was on the Bulls team, like, I think the second run, like the second three Pete. He Don was Sally. on the Bulls. Yeah, he was on the Bulls. He he was on the Bulls ninety like when Jordan retired and went and played baseball, they acquired Sally. And he played on them for the first championship when Jordan came back because he was on that first championship team when he got his fourth. Yes. And he was telling a story about how like Phil wanted everybody to scrimmage, but he didn't want Michael to play because he wanted to see how everybody flowed a little bit. So he told everybody to kind of leave practice was over. And Jordan left, and they, like, started scrimmaging, and Jordan came back in to get something. and so he was scrimmaging, and he, like, bugged out on Phil about it and, and scrimmaged in, like, Italian loafers and gear. And he said that John Sally said he came out of nowhere on a fast break and blocked me in Italian loafers. And he said he jumped so fucking high, his waist, like, scraped by John's head on the dunk to <laughs> block it. And he's like, he's like, my man was in loafers. <laughs> and like, he's like, Phil's like screaming it off the court because he's afraid he's going to break an ankle. And he's like, Michael's just like saying, fuck you, Phil. I'm, uh, you know, I can't believe you, you know, believe, you know, believe you played without me and shit. He was so mad. And like, I just feel like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's whatever it's a story. Maybe it's embellished a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I don't see why you think you're reason to, but just like hearing shit like that just makes me want to just like, oh God, I, lo- I love 90s basketball. Like, when it was just, like, it's all you did. You didn't worry about your – I mean, yeah, you worry about your brand a little bit. But, like, all that shit was secondary to the game. Like, you were just about the game. Yeah. And Why like, didn't like, you just wanted to play. It's all you wanted to do was play. Like, Rodman said, we play for free. We get paid for all the other shit. Like, it's, it's you know, I don't know. Why didn't Great. Jordan follow, follow him to the Lakers down the What's road? That? So, uh, he's gone by that. Well, he was retired. He's retired yeah. a second time. That was when he, like, really hung it up. Yeah, yeah. Phil retired, too. And then Jordan went to the Wizards. And then after Jordan retired, Phil came out of retirement to coach the Lakers. Oh, okay. I thought it was cool. Yeah, no. Phil, Phil was retired when Jordan played for the Wizards. And, uh, but yeah, no, that was. I kind of I wish he didn't do that personally. I, mean, oh, I think he did it just to solidify a front office job. You know what I mean? I guess, you know, and, you know, I mean, and he got paid a lot of money. So I, I, well, I don't know if he did or not, or if, he, or, if, or if he took the league minimum. I think I forget. He, he, but, played uh, his last, he played his last game in Wells Fargo Center. No, and that's, um, no, it's just, you know, I guess it's just, I, 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 I think J.J. Watt said it when he was like, 10 episodes isn't going to be enough. Like, I'm already getting depressed. There's only two more weeks of it. Like, it's already almost over. It makes me want to go out and just shoot hoops, you know? Yeah, I just want to grind it all day. It makes me want to shoot hoops, lower a, a, a basketball uh, a basketball rim, and just, like, try to replicate all his, like, signature dunks again. But the only difference now is, like, I'm not, I'm not 12, 13, 14 years old replicating those dunks anymore. You talk about soft tissue injuries. You know what? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, multiple, there's multiple reasons why LeBron's not the good. Uh, Get ready, don't sue us. 
I always, I always, I always love that clip of him and Chuck walking down when they were in Barcelona, and Chuck's got the Gatorade bottle, and he starts singing it, and he's, like, he's like, like Chuck, I like to be like Chuck, I mean like Mike. <laughs> it's uh, uh, no, I forget. No, it's, I fear I was gonna say now. You guys cut it off with John's John's music. Well, I was, I was telling, I was telling, uh. I was telling Heidi when they were getting into the uh, to the segment, the part when they were like touching on how he loved playing Madison Square Garden. That was his favorite place to play. And then they started really diving in on the the rivalry with the Knicks. How the Knicks, there's that Knicks team, which again, I think that's another team that came real close to knocking them off in 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 their uh, in their quest for you know this that dynasty run, but. Um, I think the Knicks ultimately, you know, failed where the Bulls succeeded against the Pistons, where like the Pistons, you know, um, were successful getting into the the head of of Michael and the Bulls early on, but then Michael figured it out, and that's one thing that I think the Knicks never really fully figured out. I mean, th- that team was just a full full very talented, very physical. Um, guys, but they were just, they were hotheads and Jordan just knew how to pull their strings, you know, when it came down to it. I mean, he knew what to say to Charles Oakley. I mean, they're, they were really good friends still to this day. I mean, they, 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 um, I think Mike, I think if that kind of hurt him when they, when they, when they, uh, when they had to deal Charles Oakley to get Bill Cartwright, cause they knew they needed a big man, uh, to kind of round out the roster and they knew they were drafting Horace Grant. Um, which was a, a younger version, more athletic version of Charles Oakley. But I mean, you look at that Knicks team, that was a that was a they that was a a, a friggin' huge team. That was like a like a couple football linebackers in uh in uh Oakley and uh Anthony Mason and then you had Xavier McDaniel for a couple of those years and Patrick Ewing in the middle. But Mike just they just knew how to push their buttons. They just, you know and 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 get in their heads and the bulls were just ultimately more experienced and that and more athletic you know but those series were always good bill I, i'll never forget the years of you and i trash talking one another because you were all about that next team and and they, they went up, they went up, they went up nothing that one year and you were like oh this is it this is it the bulls are done and then and mike and then mike became mike and that's that was it. It's such, bull, it's such bullshit because Rolando Blackman, the starting point guard for that team, got hurt, who they traded for during the season. And fucking Doc Rivers was hurt playing on like one leg. Yeah, yep. start Anthony, who was a rookie. Well, that was but, an old Doc yeah. Rivers too. Doc Doc Rivers was old, like old then. Yeah, yeah, he was older. Like he still had a few more years in the league, but he was he had been in the league seven, eight, nine years. But the thing that's crazy. They talked about it on the Bill Simmons on his podcast about the game when they were talking about it. And then Nick got Nick got called in game four when they were uh, up in the series two one. They uh, Nick got called for like thirty one fouls and the Bulls had like fourteen or fifteen. And that game was uber physical. And he's like swears that the fix was in from Stern that the series goes back to New York two two to the refs at halftime because he's like if you don't think that should happen in the NBA in the eighties and nineties. 
you, you don't know NBA 80s and 90s with David Stern. And like, when you hear that shit, you're just like, it's crazy. He talks about it. He's like, he's like, watch the game. He's like, he's like uh, Charles Smith, Anthony Mason. They get their fifth fouls early in the fourth quarter on some of the most bullshit fouls you're going to call in a conference final game, game four in the fourth quarter. He's like, you watch the foul calls in that game and you tell me something wasn't up with these refs with 31, with, with 31 foul calls. And so it's like, but I mean, yeah. and, and it's crazy though, because in game five, the Bulls were up a point and Charles Smith gets fucking three, three dunks blocked by Pippen and Jordan. Yeah. And he's literally six foot 11. The guy's six foot 11 and has arms like fucking tree trunks and he can't get the dunk off. Like, and that would have won the game. Like, and that's all on the series. I mean, Man, like Bill's still salty about it. What's that? Sounds like Bill's still salty about it. Listen, dude. He is, man. Every two, they're up 2-0 both years, up 2-0. And Jordan goes to fucking Atlantic City to gamble till 2 in the morning. And then still like, oh, my God. He still wins the series. He had to blow off some steam, man. He had to blow off some steam. That's my only thing. I hated the fucking Bulls. I hated the Bulls, but I loved Jordan. If I was the next guy. Because the Sixers, I mean, we had... Fucking Clarence Brotherspoon. Oh my God! Like that was those, our first player. Those were the dark days. Dana Barrows from Dana Barrows. That was like our team. Yeah. Barrows, Jeff Hornacek. Um, before we traded him to the to the to the Jazz. Jazz, yeah. Johnny Dawkins. Johnny Dawkins. Hers- Hersey Hawkins. Hersey was an assassin. He deserved uh, better. We had uh, Ron Anderson, Armin Gilliam. We had um, now we had a little team on our hands, but we, we were always had... like we were like fighting for that eight seed, always, always like an well, eight or seven seed. Well, yeah, well, especially when we still had Charles. Once we traded Chuck, that's when it uh, that's when it all went to hell. And and those uniforms, I think Chuck left because of the star uniforms, the ones that had like the star. Oh my god, yeah, that's worst, worst, worst jerseys ever. <laughs> worst jerseys ever. Wear those with the with the Kobe Adidas twos, and there you go. You got it, that's like the that's the combo. That's the that's the one two punch for the worst uh, athletic uh, wardrobe of all time. The Jamoke special. <laughs> um, just beating girl, just beating girls off with a stick. Speaking, speaking <laughs> yeah, but I I think that. Is the, you think Jalen Hurts is going to go with number one, like your uh, background there, John? What about number one? If he's uh, number one, is his number? Uh, I I feel like the punt isn't Johnson's number one. I think he can out he he could outmaneuver the punter if one is. Uh, you know, not as a rookie, you don't do that. I think he can go for two, right? Because I think two's available. I'll look at the roster. One right more, think about it. I think I think he's going to come in on so many two point conversions this year, dude. On fourth and one, forget it. He's in on every every fucking fourth and one. Carson, don't even bother. Come yeah. off the field, man. The punter, Cameron Johnson's already number one. Yeah, he ain't gonna be number one for so long. If, if Jalen wants it, I, I just don't want to see them. Carson is automatic in the red zone. I just don't want to see them taking the ball out of his hand in the red zone. Now, the only reason I'm okay with two point conversions because I because because you know it's it's a less of a hit. Not everyone, but. I think that's where we're going to see him, honestly, is like the, the fourth and ones, fourth and twos, and they're going to wildcat it. Yeah. He's going to go up the middle and get the first down, get like a seven-yard run, drop the ball. Carson's going to be like, okay, great, get off the fucking field now. Daddy's coming back to work. 
Dad, Daddy's coming back I in think now. They're gonna have a whole section of that playbook for him. Here you, we go. Here you we go. Well, I mean, they they kind of have to. You can't you you can't use a second round pick on on a on a backup. Like yeah. you can't. Listen, they have a plan. They're not stupid. They have a plan. Let's see if that plan works. I hope. Hopefully, they do. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, I mean, it comes in and plan last year in the draft like, when they right. passed on DK Metcalf. So how'd that plan work with that plan last year when they passed on DK Metcalf? That was hey, a great dude, plan. It's great because we have we have the coaching to coach up. We we had the coaching to coach up JJ, even though we should have drafted DK. Oh, that's right. Listen, I could sit here and make an argument that, like, you know, why did the Eagles draft Jalen Rager when they could have gotten Justin Jefferson? But the reason why, also, you could you argue that, like that the wide receivers, no, like the wide receivers coach is Aaron Moorhead, who played with Jalen Rager's okay, father, Rager. who's known Jalen Rager for years. Like, I, I can make an argument about all of this stuff. Like. Let, let's not really an argument. You're familiar with them. I mean, I don't think anybody's questioning the right. The, so, so, the so, so, are we gonna are we gonna hammer the pick because it's a friend of a, the new coach you just hired, or is it a smart move because you have a coach that you just hired who's going to be here for a while and you're going to give him a project and if he can't work with the project or the guy you picked, does that mean he's gone too? You know what I mean? Like, you know. Well, here's the other thing, though, too, John. It's, you know, I guess some people could, could look at it. It's could you have done what the Chargers did? Could you have taken Kenneth Murray or whoever at 21 you wanted and then trade your second and third to get back in the first and take Rhaegar at, like, 24, 25, 26, like the Chargers did to get Murray at 23? They gave away their second and the third to come back and get Murray, and they call it a day. So now we got Hertz and Devon Baker instead of maybe getting a Murray or Patrick Queen and then trading him back into the first for Rager. So I guess it's, it's always the what if. He'll be compared to um, Jefferson for sure. And CD Lamb's not a fair comparison because I could play that game all day. Everybody in front of the Cowboys was not trading their pick. Not, not, it wasn't Harry being cheap. They were, they were gonna, they were, the price was way too high. It was way too think, He's on record saying it. And and I and I think it was more than just a second and a third. I think he would have done that. I think they probably wanted like next year's first. Like something crazy, I think. But I still maybe would have done for CD. You know, that, that could be debated. But um, he's not here. He's the Cowboys, and now I hate him. And yeah. don't wish him injury, but I wish he'd become stone hands. I mean, and, and let's circle back to the – I mean – the, the the wide receiver coach thing like that's a that's a big position and the fact that we have we've for the we've had like a different idiot in that role every year yeah for Doug and, this is what a third or fourth one in four years yeah five I, years I think it's four, um, four or five at this point yeah I, like that's kind of like Mike Rowe was a bad wide receivers coach what I don't think Mike Rowe was a bad wide receivers coach for the record. All right, I'll give him that, but he's been bad at everything else he's done. Did we fire him? So Juan Castillo wasn't a good defensive coordinator either. <laughs> Did we fire Mike Rowe? Yeah. But, I mean, when, when you Rowe, got... uh and the other uh, – the, what was the other guy's name? The, um, shit. Not well, Preston, I'm, the other guy. While John's thinking about that, like when you have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, your second-round pick, saying, I quote, 
He didn't know what position he had going into games and therefore had trouble getting familiar with the playbook. Carson like, Walsh. That I mean, that's an indictment on the player, but Jesus Christ, is that like when you hear a player saying, like, I don't know where I'm supposed to play. And isn't Carson Walsh the same one that didn't know how to get um who's the the um What's his nuts? The wide receiver we trade for, traded for two years ago that they couldn't get on the they, uh, Golden Tate. Wasn't he the same guy that couldn't integrate Golden Tate into the offense? Or is that Mike Rowe? I think that was Mike Rowe. He was the offensive That's player. That's the thing, though. Yeah, no, I, mean, I guess he went for it. But, yeah, that's uh, that was disappointing. Golden Tate being here was so, so underutilized. So underutilized. So are we, are we going to... If J.J. Ortega-Whiteside was actually hurt and did have struggling a struggling first year, I mean, are we going to give him the benefit of the doubt this year? I guess we are, right? Yeah, I mean... Yeah. He going but, anywhere. With, with that being said, like, they drafted a shitload of wide receivers in this draft. Like, I don't think Howie Roseman's married to this kid. Like, if if he shows up training camp or... or o, they're not going to do OTAs. But if he shows up to training camp, not in good shape, still doesn't know the playbook, still doesn't know what he needs to do, and these young kids are are willing to take his spot and take his... his like, because he doesn't play special teams. So... I, with, with him, I think it's a 50-50 that he's on the roster or he's a practice squad player. Like, it depends on... At this point with him, how much heart does he have? Because he showed a lot of, of talent in college, and he looked terrible in the pros. So some of that's coaching. Some of it could be injury. Some of it could be whatever. Man up and and get better because they drafted your replacements. They, I mean, they drafted what, like three wide receivers, four wide receivers in this draft? Like, if... If, if that's not a, a shot across your nose, like get your shit together or 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 you're gone. I don't know what is. So And I think that's exactly what the Jalen Hurts pick was for Carson Wentz. And I know he I know he read the I, I listened to him in the interview say that you know he's excited to have a guy in the locker room, but I have a feeling that they're like the last three years, this guy hasn't been healthy. Um, it's time to it's time to buck up just in case. And I think that's what this is. Nothing's given. It's earned. And he's going to have to go out there and not be injured. No ifs, ands, or buts. Can't happen again. Just can't. Doesn't matter if a fan throws a, uh, a, a rock at his helmet and he gets another concussion. It's just not. It just can't. It's all about availability. No, I mean, he has these next two years. If he has a monster year, they probably, you know, can can guarantee more money to him. But basically, after next year, they, they can get out. There's no more There's no more guaranteed money after next year. Yeah, so but he's not going anywhere this year, there's, for sure. There's, there's no guaranteed money. But you're still going to be taking a thirty to a 20 to $30 million dead cap hit. But if you have Jalen Hurts as your quarterback making a million dollars, you can offset that. That's, that's, that's true. where but, the thinking is. But so not only are we saying that we think Wentz is going to play poorly enough that they're going to trade him or cut him, we are now hoping that the, the no, second I don't think it's hope. pick and plays better. I, I, I don't want to 
hope. Well, I mean, I don't want it to be hope. Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say I don't want it to be hope. I think they're just no Carson. They're in the building and just see how he's just always kind of banged up, and it's you know they committed to him now. I mean, you know he's getting eighty-one million dollars in the next three years, including last year and these next two. He's getting eighty-one mil. He, I mean, this year. He's getting this year. He gets thirty nine million dollars in salary this year. This is salary, so it's like that's commitment. I don't want you know. So like when people say they're not committed to Carson with Jalen Hurts, that's fuck forty fucking million dollars in one year is commitment. All right, I don't care who you are. Um, and next year he's guaranteed like twenty some million. But I think um, with Carson, it's it's just literally it's just it's just injury because they went back to it. His junior and senior high school, he missed games for injury. He's never had a season not in his football career, whether he played through him or not, being injured. And he hasn't finished the season the last three years. The team is Super Bowl quality. With him, we're much better. I mean, he's you can't argue he's at worst between 6 through 10 quarterback in the NFL, at worst, in that range. So it's just a matter of can you pay him another, you know, $100 million when he's 30, and, you know, if, he, if he's kind of hurt off and on again, do you, that's when I think they decide. But I think they're fully committed to him for the next two years to give him every chance to succeed, to, you know, to, to win. And if he wins, they're going to pay him. It's that simple. And, but, if, but if we go 9-7 and seven and, and lose in the first round, and, again, it's just not fair to always blame him. But it's like, it's like the pitcher in baseball, you know, you, you you get all the glory when you win, and then when you lose, it's your fault we lost. It's just kind of nature of the biz, unfortunately, whether it's right or wrong. So I think, you know, unless we lose and he plays amazing still, I think he's just got to win this next year or two. He's got to win a couple you know, a couple big games. And he did. He did last year when he had to. So he's capable. It's just, you know, no more. We, 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 we need number 11 on the field, I think is what John's point is. But he can elaborate further if he'd like to. Is sure no, he wants. No, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, he, we need him on the field. He's our best chance of winning. But it's it should have got the pot. Like you got to be, you got to stay healthy. There's no excuses anymore. It's just three year. This is three years in a row. It's enough's enough. It's just that's the way I look at it. You you have to like even you, John, have to have to admit that there is a a colossal difference. A colossal difference. With, with, you know, breaking a bone, blowing out your knee, and a concussion. There's a colossal difference. Colossal. Well, they're all they're all injuries. Yes. Yeah, is, yeah. The, is the extreme of a concussion different than an ACL tear? Different to a strain strain hamstring to a to a uh, I don't know an anxiety disorder. Yes, they're they're all issues, and they're all turn out for you to to miss games or to have a poor performance. Unfortunately, it, it year after year after year, it, 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 it happens. And with him, it's an unfortunate. But he has a track record. He's an injury-prone person. It, it's what it is. He's got a, I think the stat was he has a 38% chance of being injured this season. Over like stats. He's missed eight games in his entire career. Well, the fact is he's been hurt for three, three seasons straight. Eight games. He's missed eight games. Okay. No, uh, he's missed. He's missed. Any playoff uh, he's missed thirteen. He's missed five playoff games too, Jesse. He's missed five, six technically, but five. He's missed thirteen games. 
That's and he's. I mean, that's a, kind of a big deal. But fucking play. But oh, I mean, those are important games. Yes, but the difference is like when he blew his knee out, he was done for the year. When he got, you know, and I uh, to the day I die, I he didn't break his back favoring his knee or fracture a vertebrae. He's in his twenties. Like he didn't he hurt. Fract- so it doesn't, huh? doesn't matter how it happened. He got hurt. Yes, but okay. let's be real. That's two. He got, he got smoked and he he broke a bone in his back. Okay. So those are those you can say those are injury concerns. You could put them over in one pile. Getting the back of your head smashed in on a cheap shot is a completely different pile. Yes, it's an injury, but you can't say his first concussion in his career makes him injury prone. Like you can't. Well, what about say, the next? Oh, he was already injury prone before the concussion, in my eyes. Well, he had we just didn't have a we just didn't have a good enough backup for him. Uh, we did when we had Nick Foles. God bless him because he 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 uh, got us a chip, but. Last year, I mean, who knows? The injury you know, is down. We had a more va- viable uh, backup quarterback option than Josh McCown. We might have won that Seahawks game. But who knows? I mean, I don't well, like to speak in hypotheticals. In the last five years, well, four years, in college, the, the wrist fracture, the first is his rookie season. He fractured his rib. 2017, he tore his knee. Mm-hmm. 2018, he breaks his back. This year, he goes out of a playoff game with a concussion. Mm-hmm. So, like those, whether we we can argue whether the four years of constant injury injury uh, makes him injury prone or not. The facts are, like you know, if you're if you drive a car and every day you leave, you get in an accident. I mean, you're. I guess you could argue whether or not you're a bad driver or not, but like the guy has had injuries every year for the past three or four years. And that's a fact. So like, then we get into the concussion thing and I'd say to you, okay, is a guy like um, Brandon cooks, he's one concussion away now or, or Wes Welker, but I'll use Brandon cooks. because He's currently plays like he's one concussion away from his career, possibly being ended. Carson Wentz, for as much as a doozy of a concussion that he says he did, and I believe him, and it's his first one, and he says it's very scary. Like, to Bill's point, it's not stopping him from getting another injury, another head injury, and him saying, you know what, I- I've had enough, I'm done. So, like, maybe him not having a head injury might might have prolonged his career. This might have com- completely shortened it. I don't know. Well, time will tell. I don't know. Well, but he, the mean, fact is, the facts are the facts are the facts. He's been injured for the past four years. So that's why the team did what they did, in my opinion. So, John, would you say Deshaun Watson is injury prone? Would I say he's injury prone? Yes. If uh, Carson Wentz is injury prone, is Deshaun Watson injury prone? I'd have, to, I'd, have to, I'd have to look it up. Let me see how many injuries does he had. A fuck ton. But... What quantifies a fuck ton? He's he's had a lot of injuries. This buds for the whole year. This for I am looking up. Hold on, let me look up to Sean Watson right now. 
I mean, granted, Deshaun Watson isn't my quarterback, but I will. Uh, John, what's up, Deshaun Watson? You can hit us up on the social media interwebs at Forfeit Pod. He's on the Twitter's, the Instagrams, and the Facebooks. He's blown out both of his knees. He's sprained an LC, LCL. He shattered his hand. He shattered his clavicle. Like, Man, glad that, we don't have him either. Like, it, if you want to talk about a guy that's injury prone, he's injury prone. And and his team's still rolling with him. Granted, their coach is a fucking idiot and has set half of that <laughs> roster on fire. Coach is a fucking idiot, but hey, what are you gonna do? Fuck. <laughs> no, okay, I think you know. I mean, and it oh, goes. Apparently, I, I need access to. Uh, what's that, John? Apparently, I need access to to see him in this web, one website. But, like, I think it's ridiculous to say, like, somebody has an X percent chance. Like, Matthew Stafford got hurt all the time. And then he went, what, 12 years and never got hurt again? Like, mm-hmm. it's just dumb luck that you get hurt and dumb luck that you don't. Yeah, but, we again, we sit here on both sides of the aisle. And, and I say we, and I'm not singling you out, Jesse, but we, as collectively as a podcast here, we kill guys like Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, because they're always hurt. It's no different from the quarterback position. The guy's always hurt. Like, if, if we're going to sit here and kill Deshaun and Alshon, and I'm trying to think of somebody else who's always been hurt, nothing's coming to my head. Jason we got to kill Jason Peters. Jason, Jason Peters. Like, we got look, Jason Peters, I would argue that he's had a hell of a career, and now he's getting older, and now he's a little bit injury prone. But, but he was an Iron Man for years before that. But if again, if we're going to kill these guys, a certain group of guys for always being injured, we have to put the same amount of uh, energy and effort into into killing, you know, the other guys that are also injured. We can't that, can't play both sides of the fence. That's just fine, John. But you don't do that. I do. You never have a knife out for Alshon. You never have a knife out for Alshon being hurt. How do you I never? Have, you never what? did. When I when okay. I when I dog Alshon and say his career is on is going down and he's not a top wide receiver anymore, you you're like, oh, he's a top ten receiver. He's well, this. You're arguing about he's two that. different things. You're arguing about two different things. Play on the field and injuries are two different things. Okay, he's injury prone and he's not good anymore. Those those are two facts. Okay, he played an entire season with a torn rotator cuff and you're and and help us win a Super Bowl, but we're gonna he's terrible. But no, I. I Yes, yes, he tore, he broke he broke his foot last year. Okay, the year before that, I don't know. He was hurt before. most of that year, and his okay. John, his career and his output is going down. It's going down, 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 down every year. Down, 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 down every year. You can you can you can say it's that's not true, because he helped win a Super Bowl. But the the facts, the statistics back up the fact that he has less cuts, less touchdowns, less games, less everything. Again, but product. So you're comparing productivity to something totally different. Well, no, I'm just saying. Talking about availability, like Alshon is. Again, I'll look at games played, and I'll go into the, into the stats here. But games played over, you know, games not played is a, is a, is a different is a different animal that we're arguing. Being not able to catch the ball is different than not not being on the field. You understand what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I get you, but like you can't Carson say Wentz, Carson Wentz is the most important piece of the Eagles puzzle. Yeah, he's not in the game. We have a very limited chance of winning. 
but you say that I can't not dog Carson when I dog I other players. Specifically, I said everyone here. Matt dogs a Sean. Matt dogs a Sean. Uh, dogs Jason Peters. Bill dogs other guys. I dog Carson. We all do it, but it's it's never it's never a 50-50 thing. It, that, that, and that was my argument today about with about JJ. Is you send a link over about JJ, and it's it's like killing JJ. But if you look within that, there's two plays in there where Carson, in my opinion, Carson completely blows the play. So like again, if we're gonna if we're gonna kill certain guys, we have to make sure that we're also gonna wear the the, the kill the guy hat on this end of the fence and kill the guy hat on this end of the fence because I think that's that's fair. Yes, has Alshon been hurt? Yes. Has he played hurt? Yes. I think that, I think playing hurt goes a long way. And, and you know what? Carson did play hurt for a little bit, but you know, at, at, at one point they had to pull him out. So I, I'm, that's what I'm just saying. We, we just have to be a little more cognitive of like, of killing guys. Like Alshon's missed 26 games in his career. Like dude is hurt. And like, I appreciate everything he did. Like, I've, I've, most of my shoulder is torn to bits. So I get how much that hurts and, and what he did with a fucked up shoulder. And I appreciate it. But I can also say since that, his career is going downhill and it's problematic for the amount of money he's being paid this year. Okay. I mean, that's it's a fair true. Point. It's a fair point. Do I think the Eagles have a better chance with Alshon Jeffrey on the field than? J.J. Ortega Whiteside, yes. Well, Jesus Christ, John, do he I might not make that, the team. Do I think that Alshon Jeffrey on the field is a better is a better wide receiver? Are we better as a team with him on the field as a, as opposed to I don't know Zach Ertz or Dallas Goddard? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, I mean, like, again, we need Carson Wentz to stay healthy. We all agree with that. Yeah. So, like, that's my only thing about Jalen Hurts is we need him to stay healthy. We've needed a backup quarterback in games in the last three or three years. Mm -hmm. four years. Well, and, and that's they tested in that position. And it's for as much as I think Carson Wentz is reading out of the PR playbook and saying that, he agrees with it, and he's got no problems with it, and that's great, and he loves the guys in, his, in the quarterback room. I think it's also a good position for the Eagles to be in. God forbid something happens based on the statistics of him being injured the past four years. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sitting here putting the pins in the Carson Wentz doll. I'm not doing now, that. Who, here's, here's my only real gripe with the, the Hurts pick. If, if – we're going to say it's it's a insurance policy on Wentz and he's the backup and all of this. Well, it is. Would you not agree with that? Well, yes, but I think it's a bad... I would rather them spend 6 to $10 million on a backup quarterback that we know, if we put him into a game, if something happens and Carson has to miss a series or two or, or whatever, right? And you, you have to put a guy in. Wouldn't you rather have a guy that's won games in this league than an unproven second-round rookie? I'm all ears if you're going to give me three guys that you think I could pick from, but there's nobody out there. But I'd rather um, have Jalen Hurts over 
Brian Hoyer. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts, and I know he's already with the Patriots, but I'm just I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Chase Daniel. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Joe Flacco. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than Jameis Winston. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts over uh, Andy Dalton for seven million dollars. Yes, because I'd rather take that money, take that money, and put it into another position where someone is going to get on the field more. Well, and that's one of the things that drove me nuts because. If we're going to use that rationale, right, we're going to use that money, that ship sailed. Why? The, because the good players we could have signed with that, like a linebacker or, or, an, or an end, those guys are on new teams now. So we can say, oh, you know, we're, 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 we, we don't want to we, – we want to be cheap on the quarterback so that we can use that money somewhere else. That would have been a great thing to say – if you were, if we, if we like spend a little bit of money. $50 million over the cap next year. Huh? We're going to be $50 million over the cap next year. And we both know that the, the second that they can cut guys, they're going to cut guys, they're going to move stuff around and they will be drastically under the cap. So, okay, I mean, well, that means nothing. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know if that means nothing, but. They're going to cut out. Alshon, they're going to cut to Sean. Like all the guys that have those ten, fifteen million dollar tags gone. He gone. He gone. Probably but like Bill, Bill. To Jesse's point, if we go out there and we spend money like drunken sailors, and we spend our fifty million more, then what are you going to do next year? Then you're. Then what are you? A hundred million over the cap? I, I'm. I'm not advocating any of that. I just said. Well, you want to spend money because you're saying that we don't have. If you you're know, gonna the spend, money that we could have spent on a Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton, the seven million, we could have went out and gotten this player. Yeah, a linebacker that we need desperately. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll we can't. I always say this. We again, in my opinion, you can't have superstars at every position. You got to be light in a little bit and and heavy in other spots. And some teams value certain positions more than other teams. And the Eagles for years now, have not valued the linebacker position. That's been abundantly clear. No, I'm, I'm well aware of that. But, like, last year our linebacker depth was, was a concern, and this year it's about as shallow as a kiddie pool. Well, it wasn't – I don't think it was that shallow because the problem was Bradham was hurt in the beginning of the season. Yeah. Okay, well. Now we, now we don't have Bradham. Right. Well, you had Jay Hill, who, who played pretty decent. Like, what linebackers do we have that are that can put a hat on a guy and tackle somebody? I, th th that's my point. <laughs> that fucking money well, should have been spent well, on one of them. It's a, it, yeah, but it's just like saying, what wide receivers do we have right now? Like, we don't know. Like, Jalen Rieger could stink. Uh, Hightower could stink. Quez Watkins could stink. I don't know. We're going to see. I know. The cream is going to rise to the top. That's what competition is. That's what they want. That's why they went out and they got four wide receivers. They're going to have all these guys fight for it. One or two guys is going to make the roster. One's going to be a kick returner. One's going to play special teams. And maybe the two others are going to be on practice squad. That's They're not keeping 12 wide receivers. So no, I know that. But, like, you drafted three, four guys. Like, one or two of them have to be good. Like, if Keep you draft your first-round pick, but then after that, like, everything was a – Everything is a real question mark. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, 
I mean, if you if you sat here and said to me, all right, that seven million for Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton could have went to a a a veteran backup running back, I would have said, okay, but okay, what are you getting out there for seven million dollars? And is yeah. Carlos Hyde isn't worth seven million dollars? Frank Gore isn't worth seven million dollars, in my opinion. I'll tell you who is Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. But I mean, it, here's... When, you look at it, when you look at the when you look at the backup quarterback position, and, and this is what I said last time when we sort of analyzed the draft. When you look at the amount of money we were spending for backup quarterbacks, and the amount of money we've invested in backup quarterbacks, and I'm talking back going back five or six years, it's ridiculous. We balked at Chase Daniels' contract, and he's stealing money. He's still getting paid. Bags like, of cash. Is that guy worth? Like, if that guy comes in. For Carson Wentz in a playoff game, you, are you feel comfortable with that guy? Like I don't. What has he done? You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, let's be real. When when Wentz went when when Wentz went down, the way after the way Foles played in that Raiders game, nobody had confidence in him. Yeah, but we we had seen Foles play for for years. In no, season. I, I I get that, but like for a week and a half, you heard nothing on fucking WIP. But should we fucking start the other guy? Like. It you was gotta stop listening to WIP. That's what raised your thing. You know what the, the best mother. thing? The, the best ahead. thing this quarantine has done for my sanity. I don't have to listen to fucking Elliot Shore Parks and that fucking idiot Joe Gillio anymore. I, well, you never, thing. you never had to though. I, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from when you do listen to some of those things, but I think it's also good to get both sides of the argument, whether it's crazy or not. I think it's interesting. I think it's some interesting take why some guy feels that, you know, Carson Wentz is, you know, Tom Brady caliber, and then some other guy calls in and says, you know, not Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. Cam Newton's a better quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I, I like hearing both sides of it because I think you get two interesting points, whether they're fucking crazy or not. It's a totally different story, but or they're half drunk half the time. Is Bill okay? Right here. Huh. Does J- J- does Jadavian J- Clowney become an eagle? Uh, if he if he hasn't been signed by training camp over here, I think it's they wild. Claim that it's smoke. That they claim it's smoke from Clowney's camp that he's just trying to drum up interest. That the Eagles call like agents on every top free agents to see like what's going on. Schefter said this morning it thinks he's hearing it that, that we're not really players and it, it could change. But I did see tonight Seattle's out on him. They gave his number away to somebody else. Seattle's out. So now it's down to the Titans, Jets, us, and Browns, basically. And the Browns have the most money to spend. They have $38 million in cap space. So they could just pay him stupid money for a year or two like if they wanted to. Tennessee really wants them, but they have very little money, and the Jets have money to spend too. So um, he wanted to go to the Giants, but the Giants don't want to pay him. I, I read. I think that brings up an interesting point. Going back to sort of Jesse, sort of like spending some money. Like Jesse, would you like to have Javion Clowney on this team for seven million a year or ten million? No, he's going to be in the fifteen, seventeen range. I think is realistically. Okay, would you like to have Javion Clowney here for fifteen, seventeen million dollars a year? I mean, for a, for a year? one-year deal, like it'd be a one-year deal, basically, like a kind of prove-it deal. 
because uh, probably no. more production than Derek Barnett. I would say yes, personally, it's worth it. I mean, it's one of the hard positions in football. We already have the interior greatness. It's if Barnett blows it up, great. You got you know you figure it out how to get him in the line, whatever. But he's too talented. Yeah, he takes plays off. He's maddening. He disappears. But when he's on, he's on and. I, I have very little faith in Barnett. I know we, we picked up his fifth-year option to kind of give him support. But, I don't know, Brandon Graham's a year older. You know, I you know I feel like we're on borrowed time with BG. Love him to death, you know, but. Yeah, they, they, they need those, to get a new one. Um, he's 27. He's in his prime. He's motivated. He'd be playing for another contract. Like, if we got him on a one-year deal, he'd be playing for another contract. So, hopefully, the kid be motivated. The kid's motivated. He put out a workout video today, and he's, he's an athletic freak. I mean, he's a monster. He's like he's like Javon Curse kind of like like a Javon Curse kind of player, and that didn't work out great for us. We got Curse on the downhill of his career and <laughs> paid him all that money. He had that good first year here, and then he kind of plateaued. But, but I'd say if you can get him on a one year deal, I'd pay him the eighteen million whatever he wants for a one year deal. And if he does good, lock him up. It worked. It didn't work out, but. I, I, I don't feel comfortable going in with our D-line situation, just Barnett. Mm-hmm. Well, Sweat, they, they like Sweat a little bit, but, you know, he's got two fucked up knees from college at Florida State still. So, you know, I, I well, think... Don't you I, that kid from Penn State or whatever? Who? Didn't they get a, a an end out of Penn State last year? No. Nah. We, well, we got, we got the kid out of Stanford in this draft. Uh, in the seventh round. Can, can I ask another question about the hate for Derek Barnett? No. He stinks. What? Yes, ask it. Why, why does he? Why does everyone think he stinks? Because he, he's undisciplined. He gets he take. He has the worst penalties, the worst time, and that shit matters, Sean. You can't ignore that shit. You okay. can't ignore that. I'm he, just. I'm he, just. He, he missed. He missed. Uh, Eleven 21 games the last two years, Sean. Twenty-one. That, but he's got six and a half sacks, and then five and a half sacks, and, I'm, and the injury injury season, he had two and a half sacks. He's got fourteen sacks. So in three, and so in three years, he should have played forty-eight games. He played twenty-seven. That's disgusting to me. Okay. He's never been double-digit sacks. He started every almost every game he's been in. He started, and he, he doesn't. I don't know. He's one of those guys that, yeah, I feel he's so inconsistent, and to be in a top fifteen pick. I don't think I think I, I I would categorize him borderline bust at this point. Oof. I don't Bill. know. Oof. Sharif Miller, we do have a guy from Penn State. Sharif Miller, oh yeah, we did. Yes, right, we got him last year. Um, so like I, I, I don't know, man. Top fifteen pick, and you haven't, and you and, and you played three years of football, and you don't even have twenty sacks. I don't think I, I get it, Bill. But you look at Brandon Graham's. Uh, he's been in the league nine years. Uh, his highest sack total was 2017. He had nine and a half. Yeah, but he was. He, but he plays the run. He plays the run a little bit more. Okay, last year he had eight and a half. But other years he has five and a half, three, uh, five and a half, three, three, four. Like they're all like. I mean, and and and, and I'll say this to an extent too. Brandon Graham's not elite. He's good. We love him because he's personality, he's heart. Brandon Graham's not a top ten pass rusher in the NFL. Like he never was. And he, he's like very good. He's a solid starter. Like he's very good. But wow. he's not 
you know, he's he's not, you know, he's he he's he's not a, a clowny talent, you know, that, that you know that kind of level. Like he's just not. Like he he never was both a good kind of shit. So it's like clowny would be the most talented end we had. It's just well, you know. make sure you throw the same amount of shade to Fletcher Cox with only three and a half sacks last year. That's well, a I mean, different position. Now you know, you know, now you're going Jesse on me. What? <laughs> what? Said, no. The, D lineman, I don't care about sacks. He plays yeah, the team. tackle's He's, job is to cause chaos. Yeah. Defensive end gets the sacks. That's the glory spot. Because they have because the, their job is going especially with Jim Schwartz and the Y9, all they do is rush the passer. They don't care about playing the. I mean, a little bit of the run, but it's like, yeah, yeah the the tackle's job is to cl- plug the lanes and cause havoc for linebackers to see where the ball is going. If it's a run play, and then drop back if it's a pass. But like, so, here's no, our I mean, here's our ends and why I, I sacks I, are very hard to get, John. So we don't our, get them. So our our defensive ends are Jannard Avery, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Deshaun Hall, Sharif Miller. Uh, a Joe Ostman, whatever that is, yeah, and and, and, and Josh Sweat. Yeah, those are our those are our defensive ends. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have. And yeah, unless those guys are sleepers that Schwartz loves for some reason. Clowney's like, a perfect fit. It's just a matter of will Carson feel awkward in the shower asking him to pass the soap. <laughs> Looks over, he's just like, oh, gee. Yeah, my bad, Sea Dog, about that. They need to knock. Yeah, I know it was a dirty ass hit. You know what you do? You just everybody puts a bar soap in a in a in a sock, and they just beat the shit out of them real quick and call get it out. Well, if you want to go and you want to spend a shit ton of money in free agency, I, I don't understand why everyone's just like, oh, we should just pay Clowning. Like, yes, we want Clowning. Yes, we want Clowning. But now it's like a, eh, is he gonna? Is it is Carson gonna be okay with him? I didn't say that. Carson that. could should, Carson could should care less about Clowney. First of all, he's not on the offense side of him. I'll piss on him. You know, like I, win. I, I know. I mean, there's been things written like, oh, like you know, Ruben Frank wrote a whole thing about how you know Waters and another guy, Andre Waters and another guy didn't get along and then they joined together. Like it, you're getting paid 130 million dollars. If a guy you know, took a hit on you last season, whether it's dirty or not, and they're going to come join your team to help, come help your team. Like, I think you're going to kind of like forget about it and like let's let's like pound it out and like let's be bygones, be bygones, and let's just go to war together. Like, no, when Wentz just wants to win. I don't think he gives a shit. You know, you hate that kind of guy. Like, and that's why I don't think you'll care if Alshon comes back because Bernard put out an article and He's whether not, it's just smoking no, I think he's coming back. I think he's I I I, yeah, I know he's coming back. He's making twenty two million dollars a year. I told you that a month ago. And he they're does. gonna use him. I mean, if they're gonna pay him that kind of money, they ain't gonna put him on the bench. Like they're gonna use him. And I think Carson's gonna throw to him because he's a great fucking target when he's healthy. Just to get kids gotta stay healthy is all. And he I, ain't doing I, it. I still think it's wild that the Jags weren't able to move Yannick. Like or Fournette. Or huh? Fournette for like a fourth, fifth round pick. I mean, they couldn't get nothing for Fournette. They're sucking top for five pick. I think somebody said that the um, the last first round pick that the Jags gave a second contract to was like Mark Brunette. Like it was, it went basically back to like the 
the birth of the franchise. Yeah, a, that that's uh, being being a Jags fan. No buenos. Well, we we I mean that team's been barren for for years. Yeah. That they really you know. But like uh, maybe with Coughlin being down there and that and actually the one year where they they played the playoffs against Brady in was it the first round or. No, they beat the Broncos when the Broncos were the one seed. Okay. In Denver, when they had Mark Brunel, they made it to the conference finals under Brunel. They had, they had a good defense there, but, you know. Well, didn't I? They had Fred Taylor. They had Fred Taylor, and they had receivers. They had uh, those two good receivers they had, too. You're going way back, Fred Taylor. Yeah, well, but that's, the, that's, that's what they made years ago. When Del Rio was the coach, didn't. um. Bortles took him to the, to the Patriots game, well, yeah. Yeah, but didn't Bortles get hurt? No, he played in that game. They were they were winning in the third quarter, and then they started playing scared. They started, like, not – like, they they literally – they were up 10 at halftime against New England, in New England, and then they just fucking, like, went, went, went Atlanta Falcons on everybody, just started playing three and out, three and out, three and out, like, run, run, incomplete pass, punt. Like, it was so, like, Doug Marone should have been fired that game, but yet he somehow still, he must have nakeds of the owner or something. Because he's there still. It, it's, it's I, 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 I mean, the guy had one winning, one winning season he had, and he's still fucking there. Like, it, it's, it's wild that they're not going to get a thing for, for Nat. Nope. And, I mean, unless they could trade Yannick before camp, I guess the best thing they did is they got that Clavion chase on basically for um, Jalen Smith. I mean, Jalen Ramsey from the Rams, not that the 20th pick this year. So if chase on becomes a stud, then they get that back, I guess. But still, like, how do you, during the draft, that, that had like historic levels of wide receivers, how do you not flip one of those two guys for a, for a pick for a team that, the, a lot the, of guys who won the draft picks like they're gold. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm under the impression like if Howie would have traded that first round pick for Yannick, I would have been annoyed, but I would have got it because like he's 25, he's a proven player, he's a pass rusher. If we believe that strongly in him, we, we got to pay the guy too. But so be it. We have a, a an elite DN now. So be it. Like I wouldn't have been, but guys hold on to those picks like they're balls. Like. I, I would, I would at this point, if I was the Eagles, I would call call the Jags and be like, "Hey, man, what do you want for Yannick?" Said, no matter what, that he's not going anywhere for at least one first round pick, and that they're going to welcome him with open arms. That like, you know, if he'll be in like, like it's either a first or you're playing for us, so they could, they're not going to settle. I mean, they could be posturing. You never know, but you know that Yannick kid didn't do anything to help himself. At all with this oh, Twitter shit. Fool on Twitter for weeks. So that uh, you know that probably put a pop the pin in it. I I don't think any I don't think any GM likes seeing that. Like how he probably seen you know. So I mean, you even took shots that, at the owners. If they don't, if they get rid of Yannick and Fournette, I guess they're they're pretty much waving the flag that they're just trying to lose. Well, some people game. think they're tanking for uh, Lawrence. Yeah, I mean that's obvious. I mean they they have no other running backs on their team. I mean they didn't want to win. They got rid of Nick Foles. They would have won at least eleven games with Nick probably, no matter what the lineup was. If they had Nick down there, I mean, uh, 
there were they they quickly shit or got the pot with him. They then never gave him a chance. No, they did. Uh, one game not a chance, dude. I one think game. it was like two and a half, but yeah, one two and a half. Oh come on! Yeah, and the one game he played, he threw a touchdown, a fifty-yard touchdown pass, broke his arm on it. Balls, no, maybe I'm, big ones. I'm talking about the two and a half games he played when he came back, and played so poorly he got benched for the rest of the year. Well, they yeah, he didn't play good. Let's play when he came back from his his injury, first two games. I bet he was pretty shaky too. He didn't play so bad. He got benched for the rest of the year and then released. Hey man, you can kill hey him. Man. You facts. can kill anyone. It's fine. Yeah, facts are he's got that MVP trophy. That's great. And a, and a statue off front. So that's great. Do you think he beats Good. off to it on some nights? Like he just walks in there. And oh, like, here we go. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> As we round out episode 41. <laughs> a food for thought. The question still remains. Does Nick Foles beat off to his own trophy? <laughs> That'll be a tweet. Uh, let's throw that on Twitter. Nope. I'll be simple. Yes or no. Does That'll, get, that'll get some heat. Does Nick Foles have whip sessions to the trophy? <laughs> yes or no? I'd like to. I'd like to find out, too, why if Nick Foles is so bad, how he got traded and uh, guys like Cam Newton are still available. Yeah, that is wild that Cam and... Um, Jameis. And, yeah. And even just Andy out. just sat. They couldn't trade Andy either. Nobody could get traded. Except, Nick for, got, except for Nick. Big DM, baby. He's a great teammate. He's a good, yeah, he's a good locker room guy. He's got, I think he's going to do well in Chicago. I think he is. I really do. And I'm not trying to be a homer, but I think he's going to. No, be Vegas has him. Vegas has him at, uh, I believe, plus 187 uh, to start over Trubisky by, by week one. I mean, that's, bro, that's. I, I mean, they're not a good team, but. Who yeah, would... they could be a Super Bowl team. They have Super Bowl defense. If Nick could be a, a game manager. They got two. They got three good running backs. They got Allen Robinson. They got nine fucking tight ends, which is crazy. So one of two of them got to be good. Although Trey Burton wasn't good enough to make the cut of nine, but it sucks for Trey. But they, they have an elite defense, a good running game, decent. They got Anthony Miller could be a breakout receiver this year. Allen Robinson still. Taylor Gabriel. If Nick Foles could just be like adequate, like Chad, you know, like old. I mean, they're built to win like twenty-three to seventeen, twenty twenty. Like that's Nick Foles' game, baby. Play action, handoff thirty-five times, throw the ball twenty-five, call it a day. And he's with the guy who he's familiar with. Nag the nag hole. Yep. Adam Casey. Adam oh, is Isn't uh, what's his face there too? Um, is it John Flippo there? Yeah, and John yeah, D. Flippo's there. there. Yeah, well, you know, Flip, you know, you know, Flip had a big say in that, so did Nagia. But Flip's like, "Yo, bring my boy back. You want to win a ring? I got no." Back. Let, like, let let's be real. <laughs> they looked across the quarterback room and they're like, "Yeah, we <laughs> need to Chase Daniels." Gee, yeah, let me. And, and they looked at all the free agents and they were like, "You know what? 
Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> Nick Foles. Yeah, supposedly everyone said they were, you know, Dalton was like the guarantee going to go there because they liked Dalton. But then obviously Nick, you know, once they saw Nick was available, you know, that's. Uh, and I, I still think it's wild that they traded up for him when, like, you can say that. Um, San Fran or what we know. Would have tried to pick to somebody else, maybe. Like you could you could say the the whole like what a biz, you know, with 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 um Mahomes. Nobody knew Mahomes was going to do this, but like if you look at just college at a high level, Deshaun Watson was a legitimate player, and the fact that they traded up and took Trubisky over Watson blows my mind. Like if if you want to, they if they take him. The Bears beat us in the playoffs. No, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he should be a Brown. They passed on him. He should be a Cleveland Brown. Yes, so should Carson Wentz. But the Bears <laughs> traded up to draft to Trubisky the same year. No, I know. I know. I know they did. I'm just saying that 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 the Browns, like, have passed on every quarterback. And then they take Baker Mayfield. Went through, I think it's okay. But the Browns have passed on so many good quarterbacks in the last five fucking years. It's <laughs> unbelievable. They, they keep saying this is Baker's breakout year. This is Baker's breakout year. The mighty. He has two of the best running backs in the NFL, two of the best receivers, two of the best yeah. tight ends. I don't but know what else to give this fucking guy to be good. Here's the thing. We're all going to sit here and, and kill Baker Mayfield. The guy's had four head coaches in the past four years, four different quarterback or offensive coordinators. Like, like, can anyone succeed in that in that position? Yeah, anyone? Really good, number one pick, yes. Oh, okay. Your number one pick. I mean, it's when well, you know when you come in running your mouth. Lottery ticket. It's a lot. No one thought they were gonna. He was gonna take fucking Baker Mayfield number one. That was that was that was a shock to everyone. No, I mean, because I mean, Don Darnold was was the choice. You know, Darnold was kind of the safer pick. And the verdict's still out on Darnold. Apparently, they like him in New York a lot. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, it's it, it, the, the NFC East is going to mean the Cowboys are getting all the hype now, which is nice because whenever they predict the Cowboys to win the division in the last five years, we've won it. So I like that fact that they're, they're the Vegas favorite right now. But well, not that they're going to be. It all depend on what happens with. Um... Dak. If Dak if Dak doesn't show up and turns into Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, no, I mean if it's if it's a Dalton as their quarterback, they're done. But Yeah, but I somebody mean, I forget who it was put out like Dalton stats versus Dax, and they're not that far apart. To the point where like you well, can that's put the, the red... thing. I mean, if you look at Dak's stats since his rookie year, and he was rookie year, they weren't great. He's a middle of the pack quarterback and I think that's what they're trying to tell the guys. Like, hey, listen, we'll pay you $28, $30 million a year, but you're not a, you're not Russell Wilson. You're not Patrick Mahomes. Like, you're not that good like Dak. Like, and you think you are, but you're not. Like, and I think that's the holdoff because you're talking about how, like, usually Jerry, like, Jerry's, like, parties with, like, Zeke, parties with Mari Cooper, parties with, like, Jalen. Like, his stars he kind of parties with. And Dak doesn't like to hang out with Jerry Jones. They were saying that he likes to go home at the end of the day, like do his thing, do the sound, and like he wants to get paid. And they said like Jerry's tried a few times to get him like the the the, the cowboy discount because they don't think he's and he don't he don't want it. So they, I mean, they can rescind rescind that offer. I Looks mean, they like can um, it. breaking news. 
Raven safety Earl Thomas took to his Instagram account to get ahead of a story that he says will be posted on TMZ tomorrow about altercation that happened between him and his wife. Ooh. Raven's ownership has mandated a zero tolerance edict for D for domestic violence after Ray Rice was released. Oh, Owie, second chances, bring him to Philly. And uh, Nina, so uh, just want to get ahead, heads. Just want to get ahead of it. And uh, I mean, it's really not anybody's business. Um, it's pissing me off that it got out, but it, it's the world we live in today. Uh, but instead of talking about us, just keep us in our prayers and uh, stuff like this happens, bro. You know, I, we try to live the best lives we possibly can, but sometimes it don't go as planned. Uh, just pray for us, you know, as we go through this stuff. Uh, you know, we're back talking. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing my kids, so I just I'm gonna be interesting. Be interesting to see what happens. Well, oh, they're going to caught him. For episode 41 of Forfeit Podcast, stay safe. They wear a mask. Mask. Don't beat your wife. And <laughs> no birds. <laughs> <laughs>